0: Day on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag.
1: Here's the takeaway. Here's the point. If God can use these people to bring the Savior of the world, He can use us to bring Jesus to the world. I think uh, we don't have any more excuses, do we? Would you agree That if there was ever a time to bring Jesus to a lost and dying world, that time is now.
0: You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of 1 Timothy. You can never stray far enough away from God that He won't still take you back and use you to work out His will. Today, Pastor J.D. is going to encourage you that there's nothing you could have done in the past to make yourself unusable by God. You'll get to see examples from the Bible of the broken people God used. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. For now, here's Pastor J.D. in 1 Timothy chapter 1 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth.
1: What happened with Judah? Oh, chapter 38 tells you. So here's what happens. His first mistake was he marries a Canaanite wife. First mistake. He has three sons. His uh, first son marries this Tamar that's here in Matthew 1. And we're told in Genesis 38 that... He was so wicked that God killed him. What? God killed him? Yeah. Why? Because he was so wicked. Wow. What's up with that? Well, some suggest that it was actually God's grace because he was lessening his eternal judgment by cutting his life off early and also protecting others for whom he could pose a danger and threat of harm. So God kills him. We're not told. We don't want to know. I don't want to know what he did that was so wicked that God would kill him. So now she's a widow. So as was the custom in that day, you would take now the brother, he would have to marry the widow of his older brother and give her a son that would actually be his older brother's son to carry on the family name and also get the family inheritance. So the second son marries Tamar, and he doesn't want to give her a son. I won't get into the details. And so God kills him too? We're not doing so good. Now there's a third son. And here's Judah saying, you know what, Tamar, listen, I I love you. You're my daughter-in-law. But you married my first son. He's dead. He married my second son. He's dead. I don't want you to marry my third son, <laughs> if you know what I mean. He doesn't say that, but he doesn't have to. He basically says, hey, why don't you go back to your parents' house and wait till he's old enough, and then I'll let you marry him. He has no intention of letting her marry him. And she knows it too, by the way. So a few months go by, and Judah's wife dies. So now he's a widower. And the time has come, as it does every year, where they go to shear their sheep. And it's kind of a big thing, and I hate to compare it to this, but sadly it's uh, very much like this, nothing new under the sun. You know, during the Super Bowl and Olympics, they bring in uh, prostitutes and trafficked women uh, for the men for these events. Well, that's what they did. They brought in these prostitutes for the sheep shearers. So someone goes to Tamar and says, hey, do you know that your father-in-law, Judah, by the way, this is the same Judah that sold Joseph, whose story has been interrupted, into slavery. That Judah, he was the one responsible. I want to come back to that. There's a significance in that. So they go to Tamar and say, Hey, Tamar, your father-in-law Judah is going to be at the sheep shear event. So she takes off her widow's garments, puts on the garments of a prostitute and disguises herself and goes. And here comes Judah. And he sees her, doesn't recognize her. And he says, I would like to go in and lay with you. I'm trying to be as... King James as I can here, so <laughs> you know, just <laughs> so she's like, Well, um, what are you gonna pay me? She says, well, I'll give you a goat. I don't have a I don't happen to have a goat with me. She says, Well, then I need a pledge just to make sure that you're gonna make good on it. And so why don't you give me your staff and your signet ring in particular, which was your ID by the way. That was your ID. And then when you send the goat, I'll give you this back and it will, will be fair and square. He agrees, goes in, lays with her, and she conceives. She gets pregnant. Well, he goes off. He still doesn't know this is tomorrow. You have to understand that in that day, in that culture, if you didn't have sons, you were sentenced to a life of utter and abject poverty. And if you didn't have a husband... So Judah goes back, sends his men, take this goat, give it to this prostitute. They take the goat. They can't find her. She's not there. They come back to Judah and say, Judah, sorry, can't find her. He says, well, at least I tried. That was his response. So then, a little bit of time goes by, and Judah is informed. This is bad news, Judah. I'm so sorry to have to tell you this, but your daughter-in-law, Tamar, she's pregnant by prostitution. What should we do? Judah goes, well, according to the law, we need to burn her, bring her. Oh, is he... You know, there are times when you just want to be a fly on a camel in the Old Testament. (laughs) I would have just loved to see the expression on his face when Tamar shows up and she's queried, what did you do? And she says, I became pregnant by the man to whom this staff and signet ring belong. Busted! And he says, you are more righteous than I. So not only is she pregnant with a son, she's pregnant with twins. And the time has come for her to now give birth. And the midwife, as was the custom, when the first baby came out, they would tie a scarlet thread on the firstborn to identify the firstborn. And that's what Perez does. He starts to come out, she ties the scarlet thread, and he goes back in. I think it's more comfortable in here, I don't know. And then his twin, Zirah, comes out, technically the secondborn, and then Perez comes out with the scarlet thread. Perez, by the way, is uh, in the Hebrew means breakthrough. <laughs> Perfect. So let me see if I got this straight. In the ancestry, the genealogy of the Savior of the world is a woman by the name of Tamar that disguised herself as a prostitute and seduced her father-in-law and got pregnant and had twin boys from which one would come, the savior of the world. Yeah. Oh. Okay. That's disturbing. Are you disturbed? I'm very disturbed. I've always been disturbed by this. Because if I'm not mistaken... (laughs) He got prostitution and incest going on here. In the genealogy of the Savior, listen, hey, this is why I'm not God. But if I was God, I would not do that. I'm just saying. Right? And neither would you either, right? I mean, this is, and even if it was that, I would not want you to know that. By the way, Let's talk about Joseph again, since we interrupted his life, the account of his life, Joseph, a type of Christ. Why, pray tell, would God deem it necessary in the inspiration of the writing of the canon of Scripture, place chapter 38 right smack in the middle of 37 and 39 about Joseph, and tell us about this I mean, this is TMI, right? Too much information concerning Judah, okay? Why would he do that? Here's another question that will answer the first. Why didn't God have the Savior of the world come from Joseph instead of Judah? Think this through with me. If the genealogy of the Savior of the world came from the likes of a Joseph. What does that say to you and me? God can only use a Joseph. In other words, if God God chose Judah, foolish choice. That's the point. I wouldn't have chose Judah. That's the point so that only God gets the glory. And furthermore, if God can bring the Savior of the world through a Judah, what about you? Aren't you glad it wasn't Joseph? Have you studied the life of Joseph? Man, I'll tell you, after we got done with the life of Joseph in Genesis, in the book of Genesis, I had to go back and ask the Lord if I was still saved. This guy was—I mean, you sold me into slavery, but God rah, has given me now. I'm gonna—you're off with your heads! Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> but not Joseph. Surely the is gonna come from a Joseph. No, he's gonna come from a Judah, <laughs> and not just from a Judah who sold Joseph into slavery. Ah. Oh, I can't wrap my mind around this. Tamar seduces him. She's his daughter-in-law. Are you kidding me? I mean, <sighs> Let's talk about David. Our study of the life of David in 1st and 2nd Samuel and the Kings and the Chronicles as well. Certainly the Psalms. Man, when we studied through the book of Psalms and the, all those Psalms of David. Man. The sweet psalmist of Israel. King David. From whom the savior of the world would come. But he's a murderer. And he's an adulterer. Two capital crimes for which under the law at that time were punishable by death. That David. And don't you find it interesting? I do. I think you do too. Here we have this genealogy of the Savior of the world and we're told that David is the, you know, father of Solomon. And oh, by the way, his mother was... Used to be Uriah's wife. Well, what happened did they get a divorce? No! Well why isn't she his wife anymore? Because David had him killed. But the savior of the world's gonna come from them. Ah, uh, you know who, who this is, right? It's Bathsheba, but don't tell anybody. No. What's your point, Pastor? maybe some of you are asking do you even have a point yes I do (laughs) boy do I here's the takeaway here's the point if God can use these people to bring the savior of the world he can use us to bring Jesus to the world I think uh, we don't have any more excuses do we? Would you agree that if there was ever a time to bring Jesus to a lost and dying world, that time is now? I want to close by encouraging anyone who, like myself, never dreamt in a million years that God would ever use someone like me. I would encourage you to surrender yourself anew to him so he can. And I promise you, if you do, (laughs) well, two things. Number one, you'll be hanging on for dear life. And number two, you will have the time of your life. You know, I always know that I've made a very good decision when my only regret is that I didn't make it sooner. And if I had to do it over again, I came later. You know, I'm bless their hearts, these younger pastors that get into the ministry in their 20s. Oh, I didn't even know my own name in my 20s. You know, Good for them. But for me, it was like, I mean, in my 40s, right? And Better late than never, they say. But if I had to do it over again... My only regret is that I did not surrender to him sooner and say, Lord, take my life. Use me however you see fit, no matter what it is. Here am I, Lord. Send me. And then just hang on. Here's what will happen. He'll ruin you for him. And you'll... Only regret that you didn't let him ruin you for him sooner. Because once you surrender to him, again, talking about Gail Irwin, I don't don't know that all of you know who he is, but um, he made a comment one time, and it just really stuck with me, and I stole that one too, so it goes like this. The only thing that makes me really wonder about God and question God is that he would choose and use somebody like me. That's a head-scratcher. That God would use somebody like me. But don't you get it? He wants to use somebody like you, because then people are going to look at you, and they're going to say the same thing they said about Paul. No way. 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 Yeah. Not not him. Yeah? Not her. No way. Way. Oh, it's not them. I know. It has to be God. That's the point. One last thing. Did I already say one last thing? Okay, anyway, this is the last thing. You might be thinking to yourself, okay, pastor, come on. Easy for you to say. I mean, you're the pastor. I mean, come on, what am I going to... I'm not a pastor. Actually, you don't want to be a pastor. Yeah, but I, I don't really have... You know, the people skills, I don't have, you know, I, I kind of freeze up and, you know, close up and, you know, what can I do? What if I told you that you have before you the greatest and grandest of opportunities behind your computer screen online? Why not... uh Tweet on Twitter a verse of Scripture that God really ministered to you, and then somebody, or a meme, just to encourage somebody. And then you get some responses or likes, and then maybe enter into a a dialogue with them. Encourage them. Tell them you're praying for them. How about this one? This is, uh, I don't recommend this just for anybody. This is something that... The Lord has to really be calling you and leading you to do. But why not go on a thread? I'm going to use Twitter as an example and find out what's trending. And I dare you, you better have the height of a rhinoceros before you do, but uh, you have to be thick-skinned and be ready. But I dare you to engage Maybe post the scripture. Say, I don't know what Jesus you're talking about, but this is the Jesus of the Bible. I mean, don't say like that. That's, oh man, you're asking for it. If you do that, you'll be more gracious than I would be, but just, and here's the thing. Don't assume (laughs) that there's not people out there. In fact, that's why they're on there, on those threads. Don't assume that they're not just waiting, even longing, for someone like you to go on there and post something like that. You never know. You never know. God's Word never returns void. You could post a verse and think, I, I, well, why not? And that's exactly what that person needed to hear. That's the Holy Spirit. Why? What's that a great opportunity. I mean, you have fingers, right? Use them. You have a computer? Use it. Don't use it for arguing. (laughs) That's a... I shouldn't have gone there. we talked about that. You can do that. Right? Okay, this will be the last thing. Okay. So, I'm in the store this last week again. And... I wear the mask because I just don't want to create a federal case and get into a you know an argument and so I wear the mask in Jesus name going through the checkout here's this young man and you got to know that guy Has probably had his fill of frustrated, irritated, agitated customers go through his checkout with their mask, and he's got to wear a mask too. He's been wearing it longer than you, so you come up through the checkout, you totally blow him away, and you say, "Hey, how you doing?" No, no, how you really doing? Because we say, hey, you doing? Fine. How are you? Fine. By the way, what if somebody said, we said, hey, how you doing? They said, Do you really want to know? Oh no, I just was being, you know, I didn't expect you to say that. You got a minute? I actually don't. We'll do lunch. Why don't you ask them, hey, how you doing? How you really doing? You holding up okay? How's it going? I'm hanging in there. That's good. Hanging in there. Hanging in there is good. Be sure you're hanging in there. And then even say something like I did. Just this last week, I said, I bet you get a lot of customers that are, and I always go out of my way to say, I'm not one of those customers. They're like, you're not. Poor guy. And then before I leave, I'll say something to the effect of, hey, have a blessed rest of the day. I'll be praying for you. They're like, you will? The last customer that went through my checkout was dropping F-bombs and you're going to pray for me? Yeah. Wow. I can do that. I can do that. I can't do a prophecy update, but I can do that. Then do it!
0: You've been listening to another edition of In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for tuning in to study the Word of God. As you continue to learn from First Timothy with Pastor J.D., approach each piece of wisdom prayerfully. And ask God to show you how you can apply what you learn to your own life. He can and does teach you through His Word, so keep reading. If you're not part of a local church that you can call home, we encourage you to find and begin regularly attending one in your area. And if you're in or near the Kaneohe area, come visit us. You'll find all the information you need including service times and directions to Calvary Chapel Kaniohe. This can be found on our website in spiritandtruthradio.com. While you are there, you can also find more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings like you heard today, including his weekly prophecy updates and the ABCs of salvation. This is a simple guide to sharing the good news of salvation in Jesus. As we continue to learn from the book of First Timothy together, we'd be honored to pray for you during this study. Would you let us know how we can be doing that for you? Just fill out the contact form that you'll find under the About tab at inspiritandtruthradio.com. Or come find us on social media. There's a link to our Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube pages on our website. And we encourage you to follow them so you can stay up to date with all that's happening at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe and in spirit and truth. That's all we have time for today. Thanks for joining us for this in-depth, verse-by-verse study of First Timothy on In Spirit and Truth.